0: Hello, my name's Adam Kay. I'm a writer and former junior doctor. Thanks for listening to this episode of Challenging by Shelter. Before you hear more about the brilliant Lead Worker Peer Mental Service, I've got a favour to ask. If you're enjoying this podcast, as a Shelter supporter, I'd be really grateful if you rated and reviewed it wherever you like listening to podcasts. Doing so helps even more supporters and even more housing and support professionals hear about the brilliant work Shelter is doing to fight homelessness. Thanks for listening. Now let's
1: get back to the episode.
2: You are now about to witness the strength of street
0: knowledge.
1: Welcome to Challenging, a new podcast by Shelter, reflecting on an ambitious and life-changing service run with Birmingham Changing Futures Together that helped people with multiple and complex needs out of homelessness. By now, you might have listened to episode nine, heard Tara's story, heard Russell Brand's special introduction, and thought, ah, I just, I can't get enough. I need a bit more of this podcast. Well, you're in luck. What follows is a bonus episode of a conversation between Colette, Lee, and Paddy. If you follow Shelter on social media, you might be familiar with Paddy already.
0: I remember being in and out of hostels and my life was just chaos. I think sometimes you're just getting such a rut and you don't know no way out.
1: He told a story in a video about the Lead Worker Peer Mental Service where we asked our supporters to help us keep a good thing going. One day when I was out on outreach, that's how I met Paddy. Colette had helped Paddy through his multiple and complex needs and then Paddy joined the service to do the same for others.
0: I admired her, really had admiration for her. In my head, I thought if she can do it, I can, you know, I can do it.
1: Check the show notes for a link to the full video and a couple of other things that are mentioned in this episode. An episode of Animax podcast on which Paddy was a guest and all of the blog posts Colette has written for the shelter blog. It's been a couple of years since we made that video and Colette, Paddy and Lee, who was Paddy's sponsor, came together to chat about, well, all sorts. Their time together on the Lead Worker Peer Mental Service, their experiences with substances, mental health and recovery, their childhoods, what life is like now, and what needs to happen to keep helping people. If you like putting the world to rights, we think you'll like this one.
2: It's the video and the, the podcast, Annie Mac. How many, um, autographs have you had to do and what's your life been like since?
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's been nice, man. It's been alright, you know? Do you know what? Just getting my story out there and if it helps people, I, I don't mind,
2: you know? So, from the... from the video, so there was a lot of Paddy talking about, um how he actually came to where he was. There's a million stories like that that need to be heard, isn't there? But we don't get to hear about them, do we? I'd like no. to think that this was the, like... The starting point for people to kind of really go, do you know, what? Alright, let's put some stories out there. Moving forward from the the lot, like, saying the lot, like, the video and the podcast and all that, and lot like, of people got to hear your story. So it was all about complex needs and your life and growing up. I mean, so so where are you today? And you know, what's it been? What's it actually been like your working relationship with Colette? Yeah, <laughs>
3: that's a good question.
0: Do, <laughs> do you know what? So. So it was mad because I started volunteering the night shelter nearly two years ago. Imagine all, all your kind of, you know, having all, not your gods, but you know, all them people who you, you put a lot of stuff into, you know, well, wow, look at you, how well yous are you've done. And to be working around them was really good for me. To be working around them or volunteering, because obviously the next role for me would have been a peer mentor. Sarah, the baby was coming. So it just pushed me to step up. That little bit quicker than what I would.
3: Would you have ever stepped up without the push? You know, like the push from me, me spotting the potential in you um, when you were flat out on the streets, rough sleeping, two black eyes, you was on walking sticks. No, that's what I'm saying. So everything,
0: everything that's happened is me. Watch, look, look, I'm thinking. Name, it's no. You know, is it a bad thing that people think this and think that? Do you know what it was? I was volunteering and everyone around me had their own clients. And then as well, I felt like, "Boy, and I got my own clients? And in the back of it, I was thinking, well, I still get a few quid, but it wasn't about money at that stage. And at that time, you know, I wasn't going to relapse on nothing. So it wasn't about saving money. It was about where I was at mentally. So mm-hmm. I, I needed a job. I needed self-worth. And that's what the job done for me, give me some self-worth. Getting up every day, going to work, you know, paying me bills and moving on and since then taking that first role at shelter my life's kind of spiralled hasn't it yeah Um, for
3: the better
0: for the better yes spiraling a good way we've got like the we've got another one on the way you know and i drive and everything and it's like kind of normal now And, and do you know people who don't actually know about my lived experience and where i've come from people are quite shocked they say we could never imagine you of course. Because I'm thinking, you know what, you, would, you wouldn't you would want to imagine it. So it's basically a lady approached me and to me, she, she was kind of selling a better life that she'd lived. And I, that's it. if you explain it this way, imagine she had what I wanted, you know, and she kind of told me her story. She said, you know, I've done this, I've done that. And look now, my life's transformed and this is what I've got now. So she, to me, was selling something great, and I really trusted her, and I believed in her, you know, and she she went that step further for me, you know, she done a lot of stuff for me, she really supported me for properties, and everything, she got me into rehab, you know what I mean, I thought rehab was something that millionaires done, and, you know, it cost thousands of pounds, but she got me into a rehab, she got me connected with my family, so she went that extra mile for me, so... That person that helped me, that's what she was selling. Her personality, she was telling her lifestyle, what she'd done. It was great, and, and I bought into it. I, I wanted a bit of that. Mm. So for me, peer mentors do for me to sell you a better life, which what normal people can't do. Normal people support you. Yeah, they'll, they'll put this yeah. in place.
3: Was I, I able to connect with you on an emotional level? Yes. Yeah. That's something in, yeah, that's something inside of you. Thought. I like what she's selling and I want to be a part of it. I I deserve it or
2: I'm going to go at it or whatever. If you, if you well,
0: listen to the podcast, then you'll find out because you've
2: been mentioning okay. it. Okay. okay. I think you, ha- you have to, don't you? You have to touch someone emotionally and then have that connection because, mm-hmm. you know, none of us are stupid. We all know. What we need to do, look, yeah. stop taking drugs. I need to kind of like look after myself better. I need to look at an education and work. No one is stupid. So, not know that them things would better their life, but how do you get there? Is the so it wasn't just about get coming off drugs and getting out with that. It was
3: everything else. No, it was no, the yeah.
0: work. I agree. That, it's more than that. Yeah, it was everything, man. And it's like it was a whole new life, and like someone saying, "Look, there's the path." You can go that way or that way or that way. But there's a couple of paths you can take. And obviously, I was very resistant to it all. I've mm. having messed about and doing a bit of research, I was just trying my whole life to see if I could make it manage manageable a bit again, manage it. And then what had happened, i tried try to manage on my own again. And I'm thinking, well, hang on, there is a better way. I know there's a better way. And just having that in my head, it installed into my head. You know, you plant a seed. Eventually, you keep watering. It's going to grow. And it grew. Yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, man. thanks to that uh, conversation we were having earlier when I invited you to that little party because I was so worried about you. I could see you were on the tightrope, on that, yeah, tightrope.
0: Um, and you can see that tightrope because you don't know which way you're going to fall. I, I know, fall I,
3: thought, I thought I was going to lose you. I really you know?
0: thought... I was so stubborn at the time. I was like, I was nearly 40. I think I was 39 at the time. And I was saying to myself, Paddy, in my head, I knew what you were saying was correct. Because I'm so stubborn, I was thinking, no, I ain't lived my whole life wrong. I know I can use successfully. And I thought I could. And I kept trying, you know, and I thought, I'll have this last go with it. And I couldn't do it.
2: Back out there, i come out of rehab. and I, I, I think to... you say there though, so you say stubbornness, yeah. And I think, like stubborn is a word where people think that you um you've actually got a clear thought process and then you make a rational decision i think due to living at like multiple years of the way you did you can't you can't see the tree the woods were the trees at the time
3: oh, of course you can't of course we can't.
2: talk about time being like a great uh, asset to to use when you when you're treating multiple and complex needs because they need to process that stuff because that natural instinct is to run, you know. Oh, I don't know, I don't understand. It doesn't make sense. Run away.
3: Yeah, but it's I, well,
2: like said, because you're working with it, you kind of it, it. started to your thought patterns change, and that's psychological mm. like part of working with people. People will go, well, they're stubborn. They know what to do. They, mm. although they do that psychological block, is something mm. that they have no control over at the time.
3: No, because that barrier. Um, It comes from something that's instilled in us, that's enabled us to survive on the streets, ducking and diving, doing what we did and still being alive today. Oh, we know how to do it. I've lived on my own. I can do this. I can do that. So that's one barrier a peer mentor or support worker has to break down. Or like you just said, Paddy, it's like kind of giving up. I'm going to give up trying to do it on my own, and I'm going to let this
2: person help me. You've just spent, like, 20 years, mm. of, as far in your own mind, refining this way you live, becoming a oh. person for protection and, and to get by in life. So you, yeah. actually, your mind tells you that that is right. Yeah. Don't know another way.
0: Yes. Yeah, yeah definitely. No one could tell me any of that. Yeah. No
2: one could tell me anything. But I was right. I was right. I was right. Yeah, you knew what they were saying was right, and it all made sense, but you just couldn't grasp it yet. You remember that pain? Of I, the-
0: I, I knew, but do you know what would fix it? One more used no. up. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> It'll be all right again. Stop you! Th- stop you having to keep thinking about it because because pain, change is painful, isn't it? So when you go uh, I'll the- be like, yeah, I know you're right, but hang on, I'll, I'll talk to you tomorrow about yeah, it. See to me
3: you? tomorrow. Yeah, see you tomorrow. See
0: <laughs> you uh, 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 tomorrow. Uh, 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 Oh, you, you're a good soul, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what's your thoughts on, on, like, so you've come out of active addiction. What's your thoughts on the, the lifespan of this kind of role?
3: The four years on the lead worker peer mentor service, um, uh, the last year was very stressful for me. And I, w- I do believe I was very good as a support worker.
0: I believe he was
3: as well. Thank you Paddy. But what I've learned, or what I did learn in the four years, is I can be just as good on the other side of the fence, not as a direct support worker, but making changes in the system to help the next lot of support workers, hopefully with lived experience, to come in and help and support and help to change the lives of those who are out there, uh, rough sleeping and, you know, living a really sad life. Um, I can make a better change by promoting this service, um, emailing, um, I mean, I've even found uh, Boris Johnson's email address. (laughs) And I've emailed him. I've emailed a few cabinet ministers and they've replied, except for Boris. I'm waiting on his reply. Um, and I think we've got to knock on those doors. We've got to knock on the doors and tell them what we did, how we did it, especially um, they're only interested in the money side of it, how we saved the money, how these, the people that we did support are not going to be a drain on society anymore because they're doing X, Y and Z. Like yourself, Paddy, you're employed. And like myself and like you, Lee, we're not on benefits anymore. You know, we're productive members of society.
1: And there's no reason
3: that those who are experiencing multiple and complex needs today and in the future, there's no reason why they can't eventually be productive members of society.
2: But we have to get the right people to listen to us. We proved... That we saved money, and not only yeah. saved money, we actually even had enough money to make another service, and then <laughs> yeah, we did. And then have this continuation strategy on the side, yeah. so you, you've got to look at it like realistically. And although it might, there was a big pot at the beginning. Look at all what you could do with it. So there, there's a couple of things there. So, yeah, I think I was really shy, like shook and thought, you know what, I'm never gonna kind of. Want to move up? I want to stay at this grain level because that's what I'm good at. Mm-hmm. Certainly, I think you need people to continue progressing to try and make lot like, more influ- influence, more change.
3: Yeah, yeah. And if ever you do come out of Italy, um, you should be applying to uh, the BBC or ITV as a, an interviewer.
2: <laughs> I'll just get back to get me a job when easy with Annie Mac. I mean. Look how you, <laughs> look how you've grown in the last few months.
3: You've really shone through um, with these podcasts. He ain't got no bigger advice from, you from can, here. You can see his passion, he's in it. He loves oh, it. I thought he meant his eyes. <laughs> 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 On 4'11", I think Lee's about five foot,
0: isn't
2: he? 4'2". <laughs> Yeah, it seemed like for the last four years of the project, we've kind of just been like embroiled in it. And we haven't really had a chance to take a step back and kind of go, I mean, what have we done? What did we influence? Have we made any changes? And I think for me now, I'm just starting to begin to see some of those changes. Maybe it's, I don't know, maybe it comes round again or whatever, or like I say, we just missed it because we was focused on what we was doing. to be quite at the forefront again now about you know lived experience and and vulnerable people and whether this is down to COVID or what's happened I don't know but it really seems like there's another surge of like let's kind of you know I mean it seems like I'm hearing that like, more money is coming into service for mental health and for you know I was talking to somebody earlier and I said like the police have commissioned um, part of the LND project that goes on in the prison.
3: What comes to my mind there is um, when we used to have the council meetings and that the council had a notorious top ten list of the biggest, I'll say nuisances, who were on the streets of Birmingham City Centre, this top ten list of names. And today, that, everyone who was on that list, sadly some of them have passed away, but the majority of them are living structured lives, living in their own accommodation, miles and miles away emotionally and physically from where we met them four years ago. So that notorious top 10 are no longer a nuisance to the local authority. They've got probably a new list of of, uh, new names of the notorious top 10. And I'll I'll always, for me, that's the one thing I'll carry with me, is there were 10 people on the streets of Birmingham, notorious nuisances to the local authority. But to me, they were 10 broken people, 10 broken human beings, who we were able to help touch emotionally, give them something, inspire them in some way that they're living a happier life than they they were when we first met them and they haven't returned back to the streets. So that's what I'll always carry away from Lead Worker Peer Mental Service.
2: (laughs) Oh, getting all emotional. Thank you. If I could take anything, like if I'd like the biggest thing I'd like to come from the project, is that we've proved, yeah, that you can help people with multiple and complex needs. Of course you can. But what I would like, the most powerful thing for me would be, do we really need to let people get there? Do we, do we need to look back at, you know, early intervention? Because people, if you listen to people's stories, yeah, there was opportunities, you know, at young ages where, but if we could notice that at a young age, yeah, We could stop people spending 20 years in active addiction and poor mental health. That could be the best thing that would ever come from this project.
0: It would be great, you know, to try and get them before they even hit the streets. Yeah. That'd be good, to have some kind of, like, guidance. You know, because you can pick up, you can pick up kids with needs, can't you, at school? You can see when things ain't going right for them. Yeah, of you know, course. Instead of, like, the school, local school counsellor, someone who a bit of chaos
2: in their life, who's come out the other end to guide them, maybe. We're not, we're not always talking about, so, you know, say if someone was getting beat up at home or, you know, their parents were addicts or something like that. Look, like some people, like myself, I don't, I don't trust my upbringing as being that bad. Look, but I, I probably did. Me personally, I probably felt abandonment and rejection and unloved. You know, and I mean, people go, well, that's just upbringing sometimes. But I think an early intervention with something like that and, and a role model to kind of guide them would, you know, it's not all about sometimes, oh, let's go and see what's going on in the home. You know, if, it, if it's like 100% like, you know, a, a risk, then yeah, that should be done. But I think we could also save so many people that are just lost and it is not really like, you know, tra- and I think that's probably another issue. It's not classed traumatic and it's not like a social service issue. So then it gets overlooked. So don't, don't you
0: think then this would, this would be a great thing to look at, like peer mentors, like younger people, like schools and even like yes. St. Basil's?
3: Did you know, if you read my um, blog, Or is it a newsletter? I'm not confused about the two. Uh, Peer Mentoring started off in schools in America in the 60s. Mm. And those that had a peer mentor went on to um, stay longer. They didn't uh, leave before their time and they had great results.
2: Did mental health come before your addiction or did it come after? And is mental health an addiction? Uh, is addiction mental health?
3: It, it depends, uh,
2: doesn't it? I'd
3: say I'll so, with mental health first. Yeah, anyone who
0: picks up a drug has got to be like a class A drug like we did. There's got to be, they're not they're not in the right mindset. Yeah. I wouldn't call it yeah. mental health, but they're not in the right mindset to yeah. start with. Yeah. They're in the wrong work, or yeah. there's just something really going on for them that's not right to pick up class A's mm-hmm. and then to continue taking it. And, and take not
3: happy me. with something. If we had, if we were living in the life we have today, why would we feel the necessity to use drugs? We wouldn't, would we? Yeah.
2: Yeah, so you no. Know, so is it childhood trauma? Yeah. Is it... Um, like, so, so if it's childhood trauma, then why could we grow up in similar families, uh, have a sibling, and one turn to like addiction and the other one don't? So that's what makes me question, was there always something missing? Because if you both treated the same and you both see the same stuff, mm. why does one not be able to cope and choose?
0: I think sometimes it's just different personalities and it's different coping mechanisms we all have different ways to cope and we all turn to different things and yeah. maybe just different personalities you know
3: well i have three children born um to of myself and my husband who was um a class a user and um none of my three children are addicts. It's, it's maddening. i do you answer that, I oh, know. Yeah. Yeah, you know, they
2: grew up in the chaos of our using. This is what, I, this is what, see, these are the things to me, yeah, if we could, like, if we could find out, we could save a lot of pain. Because Ooh. really, to me, it says that sometimes it's not environment, it's not trauma, it was always there. You know, like, like, I've got a son that's, you know, he's been to college and uni and he's about to have a child and he's, you know, he looks after himself. He's looking at buying a house at the age of 22. Look, at the age of 22, I was just trying to get going. I was, you know I mean, yeah,
3: that's, that's brilliant.
2: Um, I like, think me first, sound at 22. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and so, so the, these are the things that you <laughs> believe me, because I know like, they're probably, you know, like this magical thing, but, you know, if you could find some of the answers to them, then I think we'd be onto a winner because, like I said earlier, I think if you go back to surely in school, people could see that there was going to be problems in my life. You know, surely the way I was behaving and the things I got up to. Yet, yeah, yeah, I was allowed to carry on for like 20 plus years. You know, why? I don't know why.
0: Here. I think when we were younger, it wasn't that it was missed, it just um, society wasn't. Set up to deal with them issues,
3: wasn't you know, spoken about as much as it is today. What was going on um, behind um, my closed door when I was growing up? Um, nobody wanted to know, and it was instilled in us that what went on behind the closed door yeah. never got spoken about.
0: Don't speak about it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that was the same at our race. that was exactly the same.
3: Yeah. I mean. Thank God we've got um, something like child and that now for the for the
0: youngsters. so he's not always in the home though, is he? So like I remember being at school and being bullied by the other kids over colour and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And not fit that way, you know. And having that constant pressure and even not at school, even around my local area, you no know, copying it that way. And then having to be part of them to get on, having to be part of a gang. Yeah, yeah.
3: So whatever they were saying about your colour, you had to take it, like, ingest, and have a laugh about it yourself, just to be part of? Just
0: to be part of, because yeah. that was where I lived. There was no getting out of that.
3: hmm
0: And I don't know, it's do you know what? I caught the bus about two years ago and I went to my whole area and... Mm-hmm. Like there was a lot of Asians and different colours on the bus and I was like I was a little bit jealous. I thought that didn't happen in my day. Not jealous, but just how much things have changed and I thought, you know how easy it is now, it's not as bad as what it was. I think three years ago I'd um so I would have been six months clean.
3: Okay and I was
0: living in dry house in ACOC Square and yeah, six months clean. Um, yeah, I was doing voluntary work at Birmingham Mind. And do you know what? Life is still better because I was clean, you know. It was so you,
3: better
0: there you are every today. day, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah man, it's different. And it? it's a night day, I've got my own place, I drive, I'm working.
3: Yeah, you
0: drive um, legally, legally. I've got a legal car, I've got a taxi. Yeah. Do you know what? I bought my second TV license yesterday. You know what I mean? Me buy a television license. pound fifty. you know. I I'm going to have a word with that animat. Me doing these podcasts for the BBC and I'm buying TV licenses. <laughs> you I'm going to see if she can talk to me. Yeah, but if I can I get it. Add to that, a
3: beautiful partner who loves you. You love her. beautiful partner, a beautiful
0: little baby. I'm going to put
3: and
0: another one on of- the way as well. Um, yeah, and things can, you know, and I, and I, 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 obviously I don't forget where I've come from. But I mean, I don't look back, if you know what I mean by that.
3: No, I do, yeah. Oh, no. I don't
0: look back and I try and look to the future and try and, yeah, excel every day. Do my level. To,
2: you try and find That's- a balance with that stuff, don't you? You don't forget where you come from. But like you say, you've also got to be moving forward.
0: And I try and move forward. So I just started mouth and social care. I haven't, well, you know, I've been in touch with the um, tutor and I've got to start the questions, but I've, I've been enrolled and all that. So that's just me for my personal growth and that, isn't it? So that'll be good. Um,
3: of course. I remember going to um, one of my first meetings and somebody getting up for multiple years in recovery. And I thought, oh my God. Wow. Well, you know, multiple years and here we are today sitting with multiple years ourselves and um, how quickly has it passed?
0: Yeah.
3: And when I first heard it, I thought, oh my God, it's like, um, it's like asking me to climb Everest. I think back, you know, seven years ago, I came to Birmingham, broken,
2: still here. I remember going in meetings early on and thinking, how "Are these doing it? They're, they're using something." Oh, I used to, the, I used to think, if <laughs> I stick around long enough, I'll be able to be like these. But that's the attraction, isn't it? You know, like, I want a, I want some of what these have got. Yeah. Actually, you find out they're not actually doing drugs, but but you you, you sold you sold then, didn't you? Yeah, yeah.
3: I used to think they're taking something. You nobody laughs like that. Yeah. Nobody laughs. They're, they're awesome. on something. They are. <laughs> <laughs> we are the lucky ones, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah. Most definitely. <sighs> it's been a joy. This journey's been an absolute joy for me. Um, it's been an absolute joy for me to have um, supported Paddy. And I want... Do you know what you were saying at the start, Paddy?
1: Listen,
3: yeah. This is Clayton Paddy's story, listen, been it now, right, Paddy's standing on his own two feet and he's been standing on his own two feet for some years now. You know, I played a little part in who he is today, but let's get away from it. You are who you are because uh, you had a good upbringing, because of the um, the work you put in, um trials and tribulations of relapse and getting back into recovery um so none of that's got anything to do with me that's all down to you so i think if anything it's just been um, an absolute joy um uh, to have been a part of um, this service um since i've come to birmingham long shall it remain um Hopefully, I'd like to see the next lead worker mentoral Service in Birmingham, even nationally. So that's what I've got to say. It's been a joy.
2: Thank you, killet And and if you if you've got any spare time, Mr. Superstar, would would you like to share?
0: <laughs> well, I think there's a good chance I wouldn't have got clean without the help of lived lived experience, and probably wouldn't be or know be or know what I know now without that help. And um, I think I'm going as well, It's like, so that, that project's obviously finished now, but, you know, just to, if we could even start that up again or similar. Obviously, I've got a lot, a lot of gratitude for Shelter as well. You know, if that project wasn't there, I don't think I'd be here. I'm probably going to edit this
2: uh, what are we, an hour and 50 minutes. So if you could just tell us, in a few sentences Paddy, how great your sponsor was and how he's kept you quick. <laughs> managed to get you, like, employed and have a beautiful family. You could just take some t- <laughs> of that with the, with the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: hey, Who was his sponsor?
2: <laughs> have, you not, have you not noticed how great I went over the last two years, Colette? <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was the stress of support work a <laughs> bit, bit of both really bit of both
1: next time on challenging as we wrap up this series we ask now what are you going to do about it see you next time